Vance Memorial Presbyterian Church Chancel Choir under the direction of Mrs. Debbie Briding. From Psalm 118, the first and second verses, and then going on, we hear this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say his steadfast love endures forever. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteousness shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become a chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech thee, you, O Lord, O Lord, we beseech ye, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. Bind the festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, and I will extol you. We'll give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And then from the 11th chapter of Mark. Fascinating stuff. Comes a story that appears in all four Gospels, but is different in Mark than in any of the others. The story of Jesus triumphantly entering the city of Jerusalem. When they, the disciples and Jesus, were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, and he said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says anything to you, why are you doing this? Just say this. The Lord needs it. And I will send it back here immediately. Well, they went away and found the colt tied near the door outside in the street. And as they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing untying that colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. They brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. And when those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest. Then Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. 
Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For the better part of 10 years, I lived in Axtell, Nebraska. Now, Axtell, Nebraska is a charming little town in south-central Nebraska, full of Midwestern hospitality, 700 people. No stoplight, but we did have a stop sign, but people didn't stop at it, so it really didn't count. The school took in a population of 1,100 But that still means that in my lifetime, there have been more members of Vance Church than there were residents of Axtell, Nebraska. Small town. A little like Mayberry. Indeed. And one day I was sitting at my house and I hear this. And it's my next door neighbor standing with a measuring cup at my front door. And she says, can I borrow a cup of sugar? And I thought to myself, good Lord, people actually do that. I mean, I've never lived anywhere in my life where my neighbor came and asked me for a cup of sugar. But she came and she said, can I borrow, borrow a cup of sugar? Sure, of course you can. You know about borrowing our neighbors don't borrow stuff from us anymore, usually. We don't, we don't have that kind of relationship with our neighbors often anymore. And if they do, you know, like they borrowed your lawnmower and they brought it back in three pieces or something, right? There's a, I'm not going to tell that story. I was going to tell a story. I'm not going to tell that story. But, you know, you've got to be careful about who borrows your stuff. They've got to be trustworthy. You can't just l- lend anybody any, anything. Borrowing is a tricky thing. And if we had a word for today's sermon, it would be borrow. And let me tell you why. It's because Mark, more than any of the other Gospels, spends all this time telling us about Jesus borrowing this donkey. Now, you need to remember that in the American West, if you stole a horse, they hung you. And there's a reason for that, because they were valuable commodities. And it wasn't that much different in Jesus' day. That was something you just couldn't take somebody's donkey. Right? I mean, here's my example, Alan. Debbie just bought a new car. Go get the keys from her, pull it up front for me, tell her I need it. How's that going? Right, not going to happen. Not going to happen, right? I mean, this story is bizarre. It's ridiculous. You know? Jesus says to his guys, like, go over there, just take the donkey, don't worry about it. If anybody asks you, just tell them I need it. 
was crazy. It's a crazy story. And if I were that disciple, I'd be like, no, you go. I'm not doing that. But the donkey's there for a reason. The donkey part of it we get, right? The donkey comes from Zechariah, where, where it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Okay, so Zechariah has already prophesied that the Messiah will ride into Jerusalem on the colt of a donkey. That's why the donkey's there. That part I get. But what is the importance of Jesus borrowing this beast? Now, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem makes a lot more sense if you're reading it in the Gospel of John because immediately before that, Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead and we hear that people saw that and they were excited and they were amazed at this man who could raise people from the dead because nobody had ever done that before. But we're reading today from the Gospel of Mark. The story's a little different. Right before this, Jesus has done a sign He has healed a blind man, made him see. Blind Bartimaeus can see again after Jesus' miracles. And people are amazed. Who is this guy that can do these amazing, these remarkable things? This guy that can heal the blind, can exercise demons from people, can raise people from the dead. They want to see this Amazing man. And they know the prophecies. They know them well. That the Messiah will be the one who comes talking about the coming kingdom of God. That he will be the one to overthrow those in power, in this case the Romans, that he will Stomp out all oppression that the people face. They've been waiting for this mighty Messiah to come and take over for years, for centuries, for millennia. And they think this might be the guy. Wouldn't you be excited? Wouldn't you go see him? Wouldn't you wave your branches? Put your cloaks down on the floor? Putting the cloaks down on the floor, by the way, is what you would do if you had a visiting general or a god come to your space. You made him feel welcome. You made a space for him. You put your cloak down and you celebrated his might. And so we have Jesus entering the Jerusalem, this this guy that might look 
like the Messiah, but he's riding on a donkey. And yes, they would have known the Zechariah prophecy, but in this case, the honored Jesus is also the humble Jesus. And that just ain't right. Military mighty leaders would have been riding big white horses. The biggest horse, the best horse, the most beautiful horse anybody could have. And here Jesus is riding this puny, never-before-ridden donkey colt that he borrowed. That he borrowed. Now, we do this weird thing in the English language. We misuse this word. So what I say is, if Karen wants this book from me, we sometimes say, look, I'll borrow you this book. No. I'm lending you this book. You are borrowing it from me. Right? In order to borrow, you must have someone to lend. This is a different exchange than generals who were coming through getting parades new. Generals didn't work on the borrowing and lending transaction. They took what they wanted. They were mighty and powerful. They didn't need to borrow nothing. But Jesus... This Jesus, this Jesus knew all about borrowing. Pastor William Carter has said this, Jesus was born in a borrowed place and laid in a borrowed manger. As he traveled, he had no place of his own to spend the night. He rode into the city on a borrowed donkey. He ate his final meal in a borrowed room. He was crucified on a borrowed cross, wearing a borrowed crown that Joker stuck upon his head. And when he died, somebody placed his body in a borrowed tomb. The borrowing of that donkey. Mark spends so much time talking about. It's so important to showing us who Jesus is. If Jesus had been the mighty military Messiah that the people had been anticipating, he wouldn't have borrowed a donkey. He would have taken the best horse available. That's not who Jesus is. Jesus is an honored but humble, suffering 
servant. The most important text in all of Mark is that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And one who serves doesn't take, he borrows. But if he is to borrow, things must be lent to him. And I would suggest to you that Jesus has one other place that he borrows, and it is the place that he holds in our hearts. When I was young, my mother took me into Calvary Church in St. Clairsville, Ohio. Shout out to all those at Calvary listening today. I know who you are. There's a painting. It's a famous painting. You've seen it. Jesus knocking on the door. <clears throat> she left me in this room. She said, look at that painting and tell me when I come back what's, what's wrong with that door. I said, well, the door has some brambles around it. and Jesus is on the outside of the door. He's not gone through it. And she said, where's the doorknob? There's no doorknob in that picture if you pay attention to it. Because Jesus will stand and knock at the doors of our hearts, but we must be the one to open the door and let him in. Jesus will borrow space in our hearts only if we lend it And so, dear ones, for those of you who have never opened your hearts to the Christ of God, the one who will not take that space, but will receive it if you give it, I urge you this day, lend Jesus space in your life. Let him borrow your heart. It will change your life forever. Let us pray. God of our lives, we thank you for Jesus our Christ, who came into this world as a suffering servant to teach us your ways. May we live in your will and your way as Jesus' people. Amen.